Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. First and foremost, just give honor to God. I want to thank Him for all the wonderful things that he's been doing in all of our lives. And I want to just thank him for, as my mom prayed, giving us the ability to persevere because as we know this race that we run called life, isn't about being strong. It isn't about being smart or brave or any of the other things that we could possibly be, but it's about, you know, being able to endure, to persevere. And I thank God for that because sometimes we, as people, We get tired, we get worn out, we're ready to just lay down, you know, just call it a day. But I thank God that it's not us that we lean on, but that it's him so that we can push through and do the things that the Lord has placed before us to do. And with that being said, um, for Bible study tonight, I simply want to talk to you a little bit about stress because stress is (laughs) something that we tend to deal with. you know, on any given day, there are so many factors that go into our days that can, you know, cause us to stress, to worry, to freak out a little bit, to just, you know, lament a little bit. But I thank God that in this treasure trove of knowledge called the Bible, his living word, it's him personified, that there's not only an answer to everything that we deal with, but there are answers. There are ways to go about things. And with that being said, I would like to share two passages of scripture with you. The first of which, uh, one of my favorite one that we talk about quite often is going to be Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine. And then the second scripture comes from John chapter 14, verses 23 through 27. And it says some wonderful things here that I really want us to pay attention to. So I will go ahead and share that with you. Okay, so the Bible says to in Philippians 4, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Then in John 14, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you, 
But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, in this passage of scripture, in the 26th verse in John chapter 14, in the King James Version, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the comforter which is something that, you know, we all tend to have a need of when we're stressed, anxious, worried, upset, any of the gambit of just being out of a comfortable area, right? So here's the thing with, with stress and, and what it takes for us. So we see in Philippians, Paul is reminding us to not worry about anything, but to pray about everything. We know, as we've talked about it extensively in the past, that prayer isn't just for us to petition God. It isn't just for us to have a conversation, but it's also a way for us to be changed perspectively and spiritually in the moment of prayer. When we pray, as I believe we discussed the week before last, is that prayer comes from a place of love to worship God in the Hebrew, I believe is proskunio, which means to kiss God. Anytime we kiss someone, it's because it comes from a deep place of love, respect, and honor. So to pray with God, to have a conversation with our father is to show him the love and respect and the honor that we feel for him to just tell him about our day, to speak with him, to really, you know, divulge some things that we may not be able to discuss with anybody else simply because even if we know that they may understand what we're going through it's just simply nothing they can do and sometimes when we're not in a place where we just want to be heard but we actually want some help well as we've come to learn in our own perspective journeys god is literally the only one who can truly help us so paul tells us to to pray about everything and in that moment when Romans is being fulfilled to be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind, which happens when we spend time with God. It's that we will experience his peace, which exceeds anything we can even begin to comprehend. But not only that, there are special things about scripture. Whenever there is a promise for us, there's always a prerequisite to have the promise. And in most cases in scripture, it's usually right after that fact. But here we see something special. It's that after we pray and experience God's peace that just blows our mind, it says that if we fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, and all these things that are excellent and worthy of praise, then not only does it continually push that peace forward, but it also helps us to practice what God is giving us because practice makes perfect, right? And then, and then here's that then part, the prerequisite thing. When we focus our minds on these things after we come to a place of peace, which again, God is our peace, then the Lord of peace himself will be right there with us. Now. You hear something like that and you begin to maybe question, well, isn't God always with me? Yes, yes, he is. But 
here's the kicker here. What, and for lack of better words, we're going to say version, like, um, you know, like, like if you had a lollipop as a red one, a blue one, a purple one, all, all, all these different lollipops, they're the same thing though. What version of God do you have with you currently, right? Are you walking with the father? Are you walking with your killer, with your comforter, with your lawyer, with your doctor, with, you know, with whoever God needs to fulfill that capacity for in your life in this moment, right? When you're stressed, you definitely need a comforter, someone that can help de-escalate the situation, who can help calm you down, who can remind you of all the promises that God not only has made for your life, but is fulfilling as you walk into your promise, right? So when we get into the place of peace because now we've prayed we've talked to god we've opened up the line for dialogue and now god is here in the midst of the conversation with us he is now we're allowing god because that's the thing god does not move in a lot of cases on our behalf unless we allow him to be god in the situation he does not force us to do things but instead he equips us to choose the godly thing to do And the godly thing to do in 10 out of 10 situations is for us to step back and to let God step forward. Well, in this situation, I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm anxious. I'm all of the above. What do I do? I step back and let God step forward. In doing so, I have his peace. Also, now that I'm in a place of peace where my mind isn't running at a billion miles an hour, I can now focus, refocus myself on the things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. I can think about all the excellent things that are worthy of praise, right? And then in doing so, I am now allowing the comforting, the peaceful side of God to rule and reign in this area of my life. I mean, it's a simple equation. It's easier said than done because we're people, we make mistakes, we're, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the wrong thing. But God, as I say all the time with everybody who I talk with the Lord about, but God can erase everything that we were going through, everything that we thought was so important or worth being upset and anxious about. And then when that calm takes over, we just let it go. But my favorite part about this little conjunction of scripture is that when we get down to what Jesus is saying, he's saying something very important. He says, all who love me, obey me according to the King James Version, right? Or that we will keep his words, right? So what does that mean? Well, God is telling us, just like he told us in the Old Testament, before you this day, I place before you life and death. Choose life, right? Choose it, which in New Testament uh, translation means choose Jesus, choose me, right? I'm the way, the truth, the life and light of the world. So choose me and I got you. So what Jesus is saying right here is, if you love me, right, if you really love me, and I know you'll make mistakes, that's what the grace and mercy is for, you have your oopsies every now and then, but when you're anxious, bent out of shape, anything, if you love me, you'll obey me, and like I told you through this servant, pray, come to me, I mean, Jesus says it in the in the beckoning, right, come to me all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, well, Let's apply that to every aspect of our life. Are you stressed out? Come to me. 
in prayer and I got you. Are you anxious? That's cool. Come to me and I will comfort you. Are you just angry? That's all right. Come to me and I will de-escalate you. Anything that you have come to me and I'm the answer for it. I don't just hold the answer, but I am the answer itself. I'm all that you need. I'm all that you want. And I'm everything else in between and then some. That's who God is in our lives. And Jesus simply reminds us, if we would just read between the lines a little bit, is that if we love him, we will remember immediately in the moment, even if we react to it. You know what? I need to respond now. I've had my reaction. I let my emotions flare. I let my temper go a little bit. I freaked out. I doubted God a bit because I'm not perfect. And sometimes it happens. And Lord, forgive me. But now that I'm aware of the situation, I'm responding to it. God, I'm stepping back. I need you to step forward. I need you to take over. And what does Jesus say? That in doing so, right, when we just follow the simple command that Jesus left us, our job is to obey him. It's that simple that not only will the father love us, but that Jesus and all of his full splendor will come and make his home with each of us. Right. And that as we go further down, that he sends the advocate or the comforter, that is the Holy Spirit, who teaches us everything and reminds us of everything exactly when we need it. But my favorite part here, that Jesus leaves us with the gift, peace of mind and heart. One reason why I love the NLT version of this, because when you have peace of mind, you're not too worried about the situation at hand, right? But when you have peace of heart, you don't have a care in the world because you already know that you're taken care of. I have peace of mind knowing that if, um, if someone is with me and I take them home, that I know that they safely made it home because I'm the one that got them there, right? But peace of heart, like I talked about way long ago, is where, say, if granny sends me on uh, an errand or something or I need to go do something for her. She has peace of heart knowing that I'm going to be all right because God himself is the one with me, watching over me, protecting me, keeping me and so on and so forth. On an even deeper level, we have peace of mind knowing that we're right with God because he he lets he lets you know whether you're in the right or in the wrong. Right. But we have peace of heart with our father, knowing that regardless of what human fallacy may arise in our lives that we are heaven bound. Matter of fact, in a better way to say it, we are him bound because Jesus himself said that when the time is ready for us, when our mansion is ready in his father's home for us, that he will personally come and get us to take us to where he is. So we're Jesus bound, right? That's peace of heart. We have a blessed assurance in his name is Jesus. And the promise that gives us that peace of heart and peace of mind is the fact that he hung on a rugged cross and hung his head and died. But beyond him giving his life for you and me to pay the price, he picked his life up again. Something that no one else could do, that only God can do. And he did it for you and for me because in the same way that God is the Abraham is is that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meaning he is the God of the living and not the dead, then that also means that we serve a living God. So I have peace of mind when I pray because I know God is listening to my prayers. And then I have peace of heart 
because I know that the Lord will always be working on my behalf, that he's making my mistakes when I make them work out for the the betterment of my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. I have peace of heart knowing that I don't always have to be in that permissive will where he writes my wrongs, but that at some point we can realize that we don't have to have bought lessons because Jesus already paid for it all. So if we would just simply follow the syllabus, he has a plan explicitly written for your life down to the last letter that we would be perfectly fine. So there are times where we stress and honestly, we stress about nothing. Yeah, sometimes the the worries that we have and concerns that we face, they're real, they're valid. And absolutely, you should feel some type of way about them. But just because you should feel a thing does not mean that you should allow that thing to become your norm, right? Our spiritual norm should be unfazed that regardless of what goes on, God has me because he had me yesterday. He'll have me today and he'll have me forevermore until he takes me back to be with him. And even then I'm still going to be with him. So the point of this all is to simply remind you that maybe we should stress just a lot less, not a little less, but a lot less because God has us when we don't know what to do and our prayers keep going up and it doesn't seem like anything is changing. Well, there's the answer. You need to wait and be patient when God does something overnight or in a very quick turnaround. Awesome. But the same answer remains. We got to be patient and wait on the Lord because when we wait on the Lord, we renew our strength. When we renew our strength, we realize that maybe sometimes that the Lord needs us to slow cook like a Texas brisket, right? That sometimes you don't get the best results until you just stay in the fire for a little bit longer. The thing about being in God's fire is that it does not burn you up to a crisp, but that it's simply meant to temper you to make some things that don't need to be in your life, whether it's pieces of your past, pieces of you currently, some person, some job, some place, some thing. They need to fall off of you so that God can mold you and elevate you to the next level because God always has something better for you. Your present, though it may seem great, is not your plateau, okay? The plateau with God honestly doesn't exist because since he is a God of infinity, we have infinite capabilities of growth and just the ability to excel in this life. So I leave you with this. Let's not react to stuff so much. And instead, let's just take the time, really, you know, understand what's going on and let's just rein it in. Let's give God the chance to be God in our lives. Let's respond to the situation by taking a step back and letting God take the step forward so that we can experience every good and just thing that he is preparing to bless us with in this life and then some to come. So with that, Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer simply saying thank you. Lord, we love you so much that regardless of what we go through, even the most stressful of things, that you just have a way with your peace which surpasses all understanding to really remind us that you have us. You're the same God that brought uh, an enslaved nation out of slavery into freedom, blessed them with everything you said they would, and keep them going. You're the same God that made a promise at the beginning of humankind 
to not destroy us, but to save us from self. The same God that even when you wiped out the planet and left eight standing, that you made a promise to never do it again with water, but to be with us always. The same God that when Jesus hung his head and died on the cross and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That you didn't leave him alone, Lord. It's just in grief and in pain, Jesus personified exactly what it feels like to be mortal to feel as if sometimes you're not there. But God, we thank you that you're always there through every single situation that you empower us and strengthen us no matter what. And that God, beyond it all, that no weapon formed against us can prosper. Stress, anxiety, nervousness, whatever feeling that isn't of you that would try to rule our lives cannot and will not because your blood still works and it will never stop working. So, Father, we simply say thank you for all the things that you've done in our life, for all the things that you're going to do in our lives, and for everything to come, because Lord, you are just worthy of the praise. So Father, right now we say thank you, and we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.